What's good, BTB Army? What's good to all the new listeners out there? You are now listening to the world famous, the most unorthodox business slash lifestyle podcast in the world. This is the Behind the Baller podcast brought to you by Dust Brothers Productions, a.k.a. Miles Davis and Jordan Winter. My name is Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. I am your gracious host. Some call me the Wash Lord. Some call me the K-Town Hustler. I call myself the Shank King and the Korean Liam Neeson. It is now Thursday, my favorite day of the week, September 29th. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this motherfucking show started. First off, I gotta say rest in peace to Coolio, the rapper Coolio. He is most famous for Gangsta's Paradise from the movie Dangerous Minds. He uh, passed away yesterday in Los Angeles at 59 years of age, very young. And I have fond memories of Coolio. He was the member of a legendary hip-hop group from back in the day called WC in the Mad Circle which uh, included a lot of real West Coast legends. That would be Dubsy from West Side Connections. Um, West Side Connection, what connection? What the fuck am I saying? Sir Jinx, producer extraordinaire that I did so much fucking shit for NWA, Dr. Dre, all that shit. And uh, my man, DJ Crazy Tunes, rest in peace. And of course, Coolio. Coolio had jumped on the scene um, solo, signed to Tommy Boy, the crazy part about the whole shit that kind of ties in was he was actually signed to Priority Records. My old boss, Brian Turner, had signed him. And then Brian didn't sign him to a solo deal, and he went to Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy is one of the first hip-hop independent labels ever. They had uh, Africa Bambada, Soul Sonic Force, Planet Patrol, all that shit. De La Soul, House of Pain, they had a lot of shit. Tommy Boy was OG independent powerhouse just like delicious vinyl and i just saying all this shit makes me feel old as fuck and i am old but coolio started getting managed by a friend of mine djp aka paul stewart if you listen to the most famous fucking song by montel jordan this is how we do it miles play a fucking clip of this is how we do it Okay, if you've been to fucking any kind of party place, whether it be a fucking Cabo, Cancun, a football game, any kind of goddamn regular ass bar, you know the fucking song, right? In the middle of the song, he said there was a DJ, Paul was his name, and uh, that'd be Paul Stewart. He was like one of the only white dudes that was DJing any of the big hip-hop clubs. He actually was a DJ at the legendary Ballistics nightclub where me, Nick Adler, David Faustino, who happened to be Bud Bundy from Married With Children, and uh, Dan Eisenstein had a connected legendary place where Exhibit, Will I Am, who was Will One Next back in the day from Black Eyed Peas, and a gang of other people had got their start there. I think about those days, man. I just get fucking, I stop what I'm doing when I think about my life back then and the fact that I don't even fucking leave the house during the weekdays after like 5, 6 p.m. Like it's a weird thing. When I'm outside, it's nighttime at 8 o'clock. I, I feel weird. So going out the other night was fucking really weird. I just don't get out. I'm, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, a weird mental thing. And you know, if they start, you know, they do have night golf in certain areas, but if they had night golf like everywhere, I might be less weird. But anyways, Paul Stewart had a management company and fuck, I'm trying to goddamn think of what the fuck it was called. It's driving me absolutely crazy right now. And Paul managed Warren G at the time. And Paul was the head of Def Jam West. And this is the time when Warren G dropped Regulate. Um, Warren G went five times platinum was a big fucking deal to go that you're a big fucking artist at that point regulate was fucking huge 
I don't know how the fuck the story went with how Warren G got out of death row, which is crazy. But anyways, Paul Stewart had a bunch of people he was managing and um, Coolio is one of them. And I remember one day I got a call and they were like, yo, we're shooting a video for Coolio for Fantastic Voyage. Now, this is a very famous song that was created by Lakeside originally, and it was a sample, but he redid the entire song, like his own rendition of it in a rap song. And I didn't think anything of it. I was like, fuck it. Now, this is where the real streetwear shit comes out. There's so many fucking people right now that wear Dunks and wear Air Force Ones that don't even know why they wear them. They wear them because they think they look cool, but they don't realize why the style came about. And um, a lot of people chase after the Union Jordan 1s. There's been four renditions of the Union Jordan 4s. I think they're coming out with a Jordan tour they already did. And there's a couple other new Jordans that are dropping. But Union is a streetwear shop that started in New York and Los Angeles by Eddie Cruz and James Jebbia. Yes, James Jebbia, the owner, founder of Supreme New York. I've been around that fucking long. So, no, shut the fuck up. For you always have to fucking put yourself in something. I just tell my story, and if it's the truth, it's the truth. Motherfuckers don't complain when $100 is $100, right? You don't complain when fucking McDonald's is only open from fucking 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. I'm just stating facts. That's all it is. But yeah, I've been around since Supreme started. I was wearing Supreme when it first started. Wasn't wearing it when motherfuckers thought it was cool and come back here and there and whatever. No, motherfucker, I was there from day one, for real. You know, you talk about motherfucking day ones and people be like, that's my day one, homie. Knowing I'm fucking seven years. No, motherfucker, you 29 years old. How the fuck is he your day one? Now, I understand if he was your day one and you know him since you was six, but I'm talking about real day ones. And I get it. It's a term. But I'm day one union, for real. I used to fucking work there. So this company was founded probably like around, around 93, 92. It was on La Brea, still in the same place. My boy Chris Gibbs had bought it from my boy Eddie Cruz. Eddie Cruz is a partner at Supreme, but they sold their shares. And now going back to Coolio, this was a time where I just got my first DJ sponsorship. I'm not even fucking out of college yet. And I'm barely DJing. And I'm commuting back and forth from Los Angeles to San Francisco. And I hit up Eddie Cruz. I'm like, yo, I'm going to be in this video. I need some gear to wear. Like, what do I do? He gave me the Union hat. That's their only logo. It's the Union Man. Forgot the fucking original from us. I think it might have been taken from a Sydney Portier movie or something. But in this Fantastic Voyage video, I'm in it. There's a 65 Impala on the beach. They dug a fucking crazy ass hole. Had to be at least, I don't know, seven feet tall, maybe a little, maybe six feet tall, but they had to go at least 10 feet to be able to go through the tunnel and come out of the trunk of this car. And I remember this shit vividly to this day. Now, the crazy part about that video is Big Boy, the world famous, probably the most famous radio personality ever um, and most syndicated radio star, he was an extra in the video too. And at that point, he wasn't even anywhere near radio. It had been at least two, three years before he got on the radio, maybe even longer. And he was chipping Motorola phones back then. Now, those of you who were under 46, you wouldn't know what the fuck that meant. You know, we had them flip phones, them brick phones, all them old ass Motorola analog phones that cost like $7 a minute to talk on. Yeah, you could chip those phones through codes and all kinds of shit and through a PC and, and jump onto someone else's bill and fucking catch someone who, who's on their phone all the time and not realize how many people they're calling. It was fucking stupid. But anyways, that's what Big Boy was doing back in the day. So I remember that video very fondly. I remember vividly in my mind we're at Santa Monica Beach and John Candy had just died. John Candy from Plane Trains and Automobile, Uncle Buck, all that shit. And I remember we were sitting in a trailer and I was being treated somewhat decent because I knew Paul well, and my boy Field was running with him. Still can't remember the fucking goddamn management company name. But we're sitting in the parking lot at Santa Monica Beach. And I remember Paul Stewart at the time, which was weird, he was vegetarian. 
and that's rare for like 90 fucking four, whatever it was, 393, whatever. And he goes, damn, this motherfucker had too many goddamn Twinkies. And he was on the cover of People Magazine, Us, I don't know what the fuck it was. And he said that, and Coolio said, man, shut your bitch ass up. And it was at that moment that me and Coolio became cool, and we were smoking, and I forgot the two or three times me and Coolio hung out in the studio and just always remained cool. It was weird. Like, I'd always see him around and just... There's mutual homies. And um, when Gangster's Paradise came out, he became way larger than life. Like he was a whole different level star. He he was, I mean, he, I, he won a fucking Grammy. You know, it was a big deal. Like winning the Grammy then was a fucking huge deal, especially if you were rapping because rap was done on the radio like that. And um, this was such a big fucking song. I went number one and all that shit. But I just think about that time I was the only fucking Asian person in the entire video. I was always the only Asian person hanging out. It was a lot of Mexicans, a lot of black people. Might've been a few white people. There were some random people they pulled out that looked crazy, that were cool. They just wanted random shit to look, you know, for the video. But coming out that trunk, I remember about it. I just wanted to tell a little story. You know, I might've actually talked about it in K-Town Hustler Part 1, probably very vaguely. But it just made me think about the good-ass LA days and just no traffic and having a hundred fucking dollars in my pocket would mean the world to me. Like I had that shit. I didn't need anything else. If I had some weed and a hundred dollars, I was good. Right. I was living with my cousin, Pete, just happy to have fresh air. It's crazy. Literally just be happy to eat a sandwich that day and just be content. Go look for some records, go DJ a party, hopefully talk to a chick, strike out. These were my years where I would get some trim. Try to be careful what I say now. Really think about it now. Cause I'm starting to realize like, I've been talking crazy for a minute and I know my in-laws listen, a couple of my family members listen, but my kids are getting hip. But yeah, this is when I was getting some, <laughs> this is a time when I wasn't the most successful at getting dates, but I got some trim every so often. And uh, it just makes me think of that time. And speaking of that, a page called Secret Los Angeles just started following me. I just started following them. They post some really fucking amazing dope shit. And I love seeing historical shit about Los Angeles, especially stuff that's nostalgic that I know about and I think about my town. And even yesterday, I was having a conversation with this uh, golf pro, Sam Yee, and we're talking about my mom's bakery. Now, I call it bakery because that's what American people will call it, but Korean people will call it duck cheap, right? D-D-U-K, duck. Duck is a, a rice cake, Korean traditional rice cake. My mom had a pretty famous... Korean bakery. It's ain't like some place you make a lot of money at. She definitely was doing this just to keep busy and have a little bit of passive income while she was you know, living off her retirement, I guess. But my mom, my mom owned a duck cheap called Sangsudang on Vermont and 8th Street. And I think about all those times I hung out in K-Town in there. And this is a fucking crazy ass, seedy ass area. This corner, this corner still ain't gentrified, not yet. And it's still like area where it could get cracking. And I just think about like that page, Secret Los Angeles. It just made me think about so many good times and so many new things, old things, cool places to go eat. Great page. If you live in Los Angeles, even if you don't live in Los Angeles, great place to follow if you're going to go visit Los Angeles, right? Another great page is LA in a Minute, ran by my boys. Got to check out both pages. That is really some real Los Angeles Angelino shit, some real history shit that I never knew about. It's fucking amazing. Now, next up, and by the way, once again, rest in peace, Coolio. May God bless you, bro. You was, a, you was a fucking legend. Next up, prayers to those in Florida right now being terrorized by Hurricane Ian. This shit is no fucking joke. Now, I know it's hit Naples. It's hit Tampa and maybe the Keys. And I'm not really great on geography of Florida. But I know Miami's raining like fuck, but it's like... There's hurricane season and then there's this shit. It's just, this is a category four, right? And it, I mean, it's as bad as it can get. Maybe it gets to a cat five, but you see people's houses being destroyed. You see the ocean is on the street, six feet high above sea level. You know, a fucking, most pools built after, I don't know, 2010 maybe. I know the pool in my house is fucking four feet deep. Might be three and a half in some parts. It might be four. Ain't no more deep pools. Back in the day, you used to have a swimming pool. You have an old house. Swimming pools would be fucking nine feet deep. You don't have that shit no more because of drowning and stuff. Okay, well, 
The motherfucking water is above the fucking streets, six plus feet. There are sharks swimming in the motherfucking street. This motherfucking Sharknado, the word Sharknado was trending on Twitter yesterday. There are actual sharks from the ocean swimming in these Florida streets. So prayers out to anybody who is fucked up by Hurricane Ian. It's sad as fuck. It's really unfortunate. And I love Miami. You know, I love every part of Florida I visited. It's just crazy that this shit really is like a regular thing. And it's like some dude just bought a brand new McLaren P1. It's a $2 million car. Bought it a week ago. And he had it in his garage. And that motherfucker is just sunk. And there's like pictures of it on a plastic plant. I think Complex reposted it. It's fucking crazy. And I know it's materialistic bullshit you shouldn't think about. But like, I know a lot of fucking people that live in Florida. You know, a lot of golfers live out there. And just this hurricane shit is like, and they talk, they talk about it like, yo, you know, if this hits any more in certain parts of the area, like just a little bit, 40 miles west or whatever, they're like, yo, people will die. And it's like, we don't have that shit over here. We have earthquakes, but like, this is just, I'd rather have a motherfucking earthquake. Be honest with you, knock on wood. But yeah, man, uh, it's just fucking terrible. And again, my heart's go out to anybody in the BTB army that is dealing with the hurricane. You know what? If you live in Florida and you are actually affected by the earthquake, please email bbdtc213 at gmail.com. I'd like to have you on the show and talk about it. No bullshit, no cap. So I got on Spaces on Twitter exclusively for my super followers that pay $3 a month just to talk about special content, have access to me. And, um, you know, we talked about something really dope that I don't really talk about. And we talked about micromanaging your money. Of course, I have an accountant. I have a business manager. You know, I have a, uh, my business manager obviously takes care of taxes, takes care of everything. But even though they're doing all that, I still watch every dollar. Now, I used to watch it every 48 hours. Now, I'd say I look at it probably once every week. And True Bill, what we're not rocking money, is also a great way for me to tell how I'm spending my money. And I look at it. And sometimes I'm like, look, fuck it. I care less about certain things because I'm not spending money on cars and other shit. I don't buy Louis Vuitton shoes. I don't buy other shit like that. A lot of stuff is fortunately given to me and it's, and it's a beautiful blessing. I spend the money on food, you know, delivery, getting coffee outside, whatever. But I was talking to my super followers and I said, you know what? If you have a MacBook, MacBook Pro, doesn't fucking matter what you have. Sure, there's a Word document Microsoft Word or something on PCs. But if you have any kind of typing Word document, which would be, it'd be called um, text edit on your Mac. It could be notes on your iPhone. You could write down all your bills, right? Your significant ones that you need to take care of that day. And then you can write down all your assets and all your money. And I do that. I have a category on top where I write down the bank account that has the biggest amount of money. Then, you know, list the, the few bank accounts that I have. And then, you know, my stocks. Then whatever I have in cash. Then whatever I have in crypto. And then whatever I even have in my pocket, right? Like currently I have $1,558 in my pocket. That's like just pocket because I got to pay gardener. I got to pay the pool guy on Fridays. I got to pay, you know, uh, my housekeepers. I pay them in cash, whatever. And then I have a total there. It's a subtotal. And then the next session would be real estate and the real estate that I own. Then after that, it'll be everything that owes me money or money that's coming in. So that'd be network. There's the podcast. There's uh, tops, right? There's my merch that I sell. There's upcoming collabs. There's Captain Morgan, there's, um, you know, my bookie, a couple other future collabs that I have. Then I have an area where I have NFTs. And then I have an area of IF and Co. and what jewelry jobs that I have that I've already been paid for that I need to kind of account for before, you know, I haven't delivered the pieces yet, right? And then I get a subtotal of that. Then I get people who owe me money, which I don't really like have too many of those people, but I don't like people having me owe me money, right? But I'm talking about like, I'm talking about 40K, 60K, shit like that. I'm talking about like 600 bucks, 1,000 bucks. That shit, I'm just, I'd rather just not speak to you ever again. 
Then I have jewelry. And that includes watches. Then I have the cars that I own, right? And then I have eBay, you know, things that I can sell, whether that be clothes, whatever, boom. And then I have toys, art. And then I have my guns. And then I have hobby miscellaneous bullshit stuff, right? That'd be hobby meaning like baseball cards and things like that. And then I have another subtotal. And then from there, I add everything up and that would be my technical net worth, right? And this is be on the low end. I'm always more real about it because I don't know where I stand. And then I would put the date. I would put September 29th, 2022. And then I would update it every time, delete the old number. And the only number that stays is the first of the month. So I would have August 1st, July 1st, you know, June 1st, March, April, May, whatever the fuck you want to write down, January, everything. And it would go down, and I've been doing this since November 2012, right? And when I write all this shit down, it gives me a great idea and great insight into what I'm spending and what I have, what I'm doing. And in the last 10 fucking years, usually every single Christmas, I was down. Because I would always spend a lot of money on gifts and everything. And I still do that. But because I've been better at getting money, and you know, those are my best months as well, but I do spend a lot during Christmas, everything like shit, my wife, my in-laws, my my mom, whatever. It's crazy. I've had like seven to ten months where I was in a negative, meaning I had a negative I never had more than one back-to-back month that was bad. I think that was when I bought a new house. And I took it out. And even though there's an asset there, I'm thinking about, you know, the money I lost from whatever down payment here and there. And I included it with the value, but you know, you take an L. So say for instance, every month I was generating for argument's sake, $2 million. And let's say in two months of those months, I spent 800K back to back, which I don't spend 800K in a month. Now it might be, you know, negative 400k on one month and then maybe negative 300k next month unless i did a really big check that month now on third month i always make sure i'm like fuck that but usually i don't have more than one month and tell you the truth i've had less than 10 in 10 years because i'm always thinking about going forward i'm always thinking about saving money and i think because i've cut back of buying cars and some of the cars are depreciated but then they re-came up for that month i take the l so one thing is having a good manager who can a good manager agent who could help you out if you're trying to be an influencer or trying to be, you know, a podcast or whatever it is and get you gigs, get you ads, all that things like that. Having a good business accountant who understands how to fucking avoid as much tax shit as possible. Start a nonprofit, get incorporated, whatever the fuck you need to do, right? And saving money is a big fucking deal. If you make 40 great K, right? Spend $4,000, Okay. 36K never existed. You put it away. I've said that a hundred times on this show. Cutting down your overhead that you don't need to do. If you have a vice, whether it be fucking going on vacation, I don't know if it's expensive restaurants, whatever, cut some of that shit out. Substitute it with something else until it really matters. And if it doesn't matter and you don't care, go fuck off, man, and do whatever you got to do. But I did say this. I hate when people say, why do people worry so much about this and that? You can't take it with you. Even Nas said in a song, Who gives a fuck if you can't take it with you? I want to make sure my kids are right. I don't want them to stress about it. And maybe that's one of the parts of why they act the way they act sometimes. They don't know that though. They just live a privileged life and they're spoiled. I wanted it that way though. I wanted them to have it a little easier. Other people, you know, nah, man. What y'all do for me? Your last name, Yang? I didn't think so. It comes down to, some people hit me up this week and they've asked me, how the fuck do you manage the time between the podcast, between shoots, between golf, between your businesses, and between three kids and a wife? And I'll tell you, since that drive down to San Diego, there and back, and that took fucking a good seven hours to do both round trip in a car, hanging out with my wife's friends, getting fucked up Saturday night. The Seahawks loss, anger from there and other things, carrying on. 
every day this week, I've had like maybe one or two meetings. These meetings are so important this past week that I couldn't miss anything around them. So usually when I got a meeting, I don't do that. Oh, I'm going to do this, this before a meeting. Definitely. Hell no. If I have to practice in golf and I got an hour, let's say from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., then it takes 15 minutes to get home. Okay. I'm not getting on a call. I'm not going to talk to anybody unless it's prepping. I'm not going to start. So I'm not going to look at the phone. I'm not going to talk about some other business. I have 45 minutes to an hour dedicated before I even get on that fucking Zoom or that meeting to respect everything and think about how I'm going to talk about this meeting. And that's how I get down. Some people don't do that. And that's great. They're telling you what I do. Right? So if I get home at 1115, I'm not talking to anybody. Right? 1230, I get a fucking Zoom. Sometimes these Zooms last an hour, sometimes the last 30 minutes. Sometimes they're two hours. So I block out a whole bunch of time. After that, I could go have a fucking Coke, you know, go pick up the kids, do whatever, but I'm not thinking about shit right after. So my, my day is pretty much a wrap from there. Then the kids come home at three. Every day of the week, except Friday now, the kids got something going on. Yesterday, London had golf. Take London to golf. My in-laws are out of town. They're in Europe. And I'm like, all right. So now the kids, you know, they get home, they do homework for a little bit. Got to change them. London goes to golf. I hit some balls while he's there. And then from there, you know, come home, they do more homework, then they get dinner. Now I'm winding down. So I got to get in whatever the fuck I can, you know, in those times because I got to help my wife out. So there's not really a lot of open time between my breaks and my meetings. Because I'm not going to go and sit in the car and go somewhere, you know, and I could do that because, you know, I control my destiny. But just letting you guys know that it's not easy. And with that said, sometimes you can feel stuck, especially if not getting a rough rest, right? And I talk about that. I really work on four to five hours of sleep. And uh, in the last week or two, I haven't really been getting a nap. And I got a fucking heavy duty. My next four or five weeks is no joke. My next four or five weeks is no joke. San Francisco, Vegas, Tokyo, Vegas, and Seattle. And uh, it's fucking legit so I'm just like man just thinking about that kind of gives me fucking anxiety and you got to just deal with it that's the part of life you know what I'm saying like some people they work a nine to five they and it's really more than nine to five because think about it. it might take you an hour to get to work so now it's eight and you might need to stay a little longer so it's really eight to seven right you think about commutes and all that other shit you got to do and they want that stable job and that's fine because they know they could have that and really it's not as stable as they think but you know nothing's guaranteed even if you have a contract, which is better, because you know at least you have two years or whatever it is, you don't have to worry about a job. But then some people decide to telephone it in and you know fuck up and not do the same work. But they feel safer because they have a job they know they can at least maybe climb a ladder at, become vice president, become maybe president, who knows, or become a director, you know, and, and run a department. That ain't for me, yo. I wasn't built for it. I tried it a couple times, just wasn't me. And I was broke several times. And I just know me being my own boss is the best way to be. And that's how it is. And I don't give a fuck if, because my best thinking happens in my think space. And I built this man cave to be my fucking sanctuary. You know what I mean? All right. Anyways, y'all, we're going to get into some commercials. And um, we'll be back with some lighter discussion you know what I'm saying? More sports entertainment type shit. But you know what? Before we go, yo, the British pound is now underperforming. Yeah, I'm saying it's performing less and worse than Dogecoin. And a funny fucking Dogecoin influencer was like, yo, the Dogecoin should be fucking the new fucking British pound. And I agree. It'd be great. But that's crazy because the British pound is the lowest there have been in fucking history. It is fucking tanked. It's crazy because the UK's inflation and the cost of living there is just insane. So this shit is nuts that the British pound is that sunk. Meanwhile, they are making fun of the government. The British government was making fun of Bitcoin. And I don't know if the correlation is really, you know, there, but goddamn. But yeah, that's Lakey Lake in the background. When you hear that music, you already know that it's my time to get the fuck off and let these commercials hit. And we'll be right back, y'all. What's up, guys? 
Can we talk about notifications for a second? The only ones worthwhile are those that mean you just brought in cash money. That's why I recommend Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business to make sales easily. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether your thing is vintage teas or recipes for ghee, start selling with Shopify and join the platform, simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store in your vibe, discover new customers, and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all sales channels sorted so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to the 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify, and you will too. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on. Try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. This possibility is powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash baller, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash baller to start selling online today. That's shopify.com slash baller, all lowercase. Guys, have you heard about me talk about my company, Captain Picks? I own a company called Captain Picks. Okay. With all the money being made in sports betting, if you're serious about being smart, then you need to join my crew at CaptainPicks.com. With NFL, NBA, UFC, MLB, PGA, soccer, college football, and more, there are so many ways to win and make cash. Why are we the best? Because we care. We care about your winnings. We care about your time and making it fun. You can make friends. You can stack wins. We are here to only break all the bookies. We have a membership plan that fits every budget. And if you opt in for a subscription, there are big savings to be had. And more importantly, money to be made. Go to CaptainPicks.com and use promo code BALLER to get a daily or weekly buy one, get one free. That's captainpicks.com with promo code BALLER to get a daily or weekly buy one, get one free. Join tonight. Thank me later. Let's make some cash, y'all. What up, BTB Army? We are back on... uh, BTB episode 313. Shout out to 313 Detroit. Fuck Detroit. Though actually we play fucking Detroit this weekend. So you know what? I'm looking forward to this trip to Tokyo for so many reasons. Not just the food, not just to get away, not just to kind of experience this long flight there and back and get some sleep on there and think about some other shit and just the fucking Japanese culture, just the air of there and everything. And it's like, I was supposed to be there this month already. So this trip has been pushed back three times, but my airline flight got pushed back a month because I still didn't realize that they weren't letting anybody in without a visa. So the process to get a visa ain't no fucking joke. You know, you can go through a a tourist visa, but then you got to literally join these fucking tourist groups. And it's like fucking bullshit, right? And I got real business to attend to. I got to finish off this shit with Murakami. I'm going to go meet Soriyama. I got other shit to do. I'm going to be golfing out there, but I'm out there with Cuddy. And Kid Cuddy was able to get me a visa. So shout out to my dog, Kid Cuddy. He just got that brand new movie out and album and soundtrack enter galactic but yeah you know it's crazy a btb army member and a follower of mine babe from dave happens to be a cool ass black dude who lives in japan and is the coolest motherfucker i'm tripping he's got me a tea time we're gonna kick it out there and i'm sure do a few things and connect i'm gonna be recording the show out there and i'm super hyped to hit this tokyo trip i just shout my boy babe from dave and help me out there I, i cannot wait to get to japan and just have a great fucking time now, 
back to my family for a little bit. I don't know what's going on in the air right now. London, Ryder, and Kaya are just fighting. And I'm talking about like, now remember, Kaya does jujitsu now. She doesn't do ballet anymore. Ryder's been in jujitsu and he understands, but he's a sweet kid. London has all kinds of, you know, he's chill, sweet boy, but he gets frustrated by being an older brother. And there's three kids and there's plenty of space in the house. They all have their own fucking bedrooms. There's six bedrooms here. Yet, Ryder sleeps with me four or five days a week. London's in my sleep by himself. Kaya sleeps with her bedroom or she sleeps with my wife if I have to deal with Ryder. And when they're together, they just start fighting. When they're in the car, they start fighting. And I'm talking about like punching each other in the belly, kicking each other, doing crazy shit. I'm like, where the fuck did y'all learn this? Because I don't hit you guys. And so Ryder, being very decent at jujitsu for his age, and he's, you know, he's getting, you know, how to do arm bars, launch and everything. He put London in a chokehold and London has, you know, a respiratory illness. And I don't mean to laugh, but fuck, he put London in a chokehold. London can breathe. Then he put Kai in a chokehold. I'm not going to go there and put Ryder in a chokehold and show him what it fucking feels like. But like, I don't know if anybody else is going through this and they've gone through it. And people, there's a lot of guys out here who are much younger than me that have older kids than 10, 8, and 5. But if you got any solutions, man, I am like ready to hear them. Please hit me up on the email. You know the address. Last episode, my voice was gone. I was fucked up. I was, you know, from drinking. It usually happens. Sleeping with AC on. We have a heat wave again. It's been fucked up. And also lack of sleep. And I was like, do I got COVID again? Because my sinuses were fucked up and I couldn't get rid of it. I couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. I was like, do I have COVID again? I didn't test myself. I had no fever. I just felt like that weird sinus feeling where it felt like a cold or a flu. And, you know, my coach, Rondell Barrio, was sick, but... I didn't get in contact with him again. It's just fucking crazy. And now COVID is kind of really not a thing like that, right? And I'm not saying it can't kill people, but it's like the flu kills people, right? You don't think about that, but it just makes you just think about all kinds of weird ass shit and more weird shit. Well, not weird, but just Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees. I'm a fan of his, right? You know, I fuck with the hobby and everything, right? We're going to talk about it in a minute. He hit a 61st home run last night and now he ties the most home runs in um, American League history, which will be Roger Maris of the Yankees. And I'm confused because it's just like, why do I even mention it? Like, I know there's American League, there's a National League, and I know there's, in football, there's NFC, AFC, whatever, in basketball, there's a fucking West Conference, Eastern Conference, but, like, it's not the real record, right? Now, I'm not saying that Barry Bonds' record is the real one. And for a long time, I was like, nah, 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 let's see some evidence. And then evidence came out. But I'm just confused. Like, I mean, I guess it is, it's a milestone for the Yankees and whatever. And I know he'll probably hit, you know, what October 5th is the last. So we got less than a week left of regular season games. And then uh, it goes to not more the regular season anymore. And, you know, Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs in a regular season as an asterisk, you know, whatever. And I'm just curious why there was so much talk about it because he ain't nowhere near motherfucking 72. He's not near 70. And let's say he hits two home runs a game, and um, which is really not likely, but he could get there from there, I guess. But it just fucking, it just confused me. I'm like, why the fuck did he bring it up? And I can't believe the National League, you know, from Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and all them, they have such a fucking bigger advantage. It's crazy. I don't know what, and again, I don't follow baseball that deep. And the Barry Bonds thing, once the feds, did a real background search and talked to his trainer and not anybody else. They fucking start, they start tattletailing and start snitching like crazy. He tested positive for all types of PEDs, aka steroids. The biggest tell was Barry Bonds started his career a seven and a fucking quarter fitted cap, baseball cap. That motherfucker wears a size eight. Bro, I'm a seven and five eighths. That's a big ass head. Seven and five eighths is a big ass motherfucking head. I used to kind of be able to fade a seven and a half, and I got a bald head. An eight, because you go to seven and three quarters next, then you go to eight. My motorcycle helmet might be like a seven and three quarters just because I might wear like a, a something, but god damn. Jesus Christ. Um, 
guys, my Topps Chrome is set to drop next month, which is very soon. I have been lacking on my hobby knowledge. I have been lacking on my PSA game. We're about to go deep into the whole fucking Top Chrome, all my shit. We're going to be doing some giveaways. We're going to be getting it in. And I know it's going to do well. There's some great fucking rookies, you know, saying in, in this class. I got a Julio Rodriguez short print that's going to be in this set. There's a lot of Seattle Mariner fans that follow me. But yeah, it's going to be lit. Shout out to everybody who bought my gold cash gun 2.0. I just want to let you guys know, and the video was kind of, you know, sticking. And you got to understand that the first gun was excellent. This gun is even better. It's iced out. It looks better. Sorry. And it's not really, it was like a lot of money. It's $99. Now, the money that I used in there is money that's been sitting in a fucking box for six plus years. So that shit gets slightly moldy. And that's the reason why it might not have been working. By the way, I gave away an iced out $2,500 Casio G-Shock yesterday, or two days ago, sorry. Gave away some Barrick 1000s. I actually went to my storage unit yesterday to grab Halloween decorations. My wife is really big on decorating the house for Halloween. And then when it comes to Christmas, it just drives me nuts because we spend, fuck, I forgot, two Gs just to fucking put lights up every Christmas. It's like, yo, the fuck you think we're rich or something? I just always micromanage money. But it got me thinking, talking about overhead earlier. You know, besides the mortgage, the car payments, which I write off, the kids tuition, taking care of my mother-in-law, taking care of my wife, taking care of, you know, the people who work for me directly, taking care of my assistant. This is something I want to talk about. My assistant was with me for 10 years. He was with me before London was born. This is somebody who I would have trusted with my life. If we would have gone to a car accident, this dude would have fought everyone and tried to do it. And he wasn't, he's not a big guy. You know, smart kid, resourceful. Had a large six-figure, you know, savings. Lived very, very frugal. Like, very modest means of, of living. He was very efficient. Knew how to print things. Um, I mean, print shipping labels, knew how to ship things. He would ship out fucking 400 things for me. Ran the merch and all that stuff. And uh, his father got sick. He had to move back to Florida. I pray to God they didn't have... I'm out of touch with him, actually, because he just completely went off the grid. I paid him very well. He got a six-figure salary for me. And even more than that, he would take all the shit that I didn't need. It. He'd go sell it and keep it and keep the money. I don't want to give a fuck because I get a ton of shit. I am looking for a personal assistant that would not just sign an NDA, but would have to go through the most deep background cavity search that is so fucking ridiculously deep. And the perks would be, I would guarantee there was at least twenty-five dollars to $40,000 a year in free shit that you could fucking give away, sell, whatever the fuck you wanted to do on top of the fair salary that would be paid for a personal assistant. And that would entail someone who had a car, clean driving record, was at least 25 years of age, was under 35 years of age, male or female, don't give a fuck, but you'd have to carry boxes and things, would be able to pick up my kids if something happened and be registered on our school, my kids' school emergency contact thing. Help my wife with random shit and just do literally almost everything and anything. My assistant had to go meet John Mayer on a regular basis. He had to go meet Tyler Crater at his house, go to YG's house. He would go to random countless celebrities. Maybe once in a while, I'd have to tell him certain things, but like Tyler's so fucking crazy that I remember the first time I sent him to Tyler's house, he was like walking through Tyler's front yard and I think he was trying to figure out where the door was. And he hears somebody say, what's up, you fucking faggot? And I was like, what'd he say to you? And I was like, okay, well, that's just Tyler. You know, and he, I was just like, I'm sorry, man. That's just what it is. And he's like, okay, it's cool. 
And then he's like, you know, Tyler's got a bunch of shit sitting around. I'm like, God damn, this dude is a king of garage sale shit. And um, I connect him with Tyga, a bunch of people who didn't want to, the shit that they didn't want to keep anymore. He'd make cash offers right there and there. He'd be like, yo, I'll give you $3,000 for this shit. And Tyga's like, fuck it, take it. I don't give a fuck. Be old babe shit or whatever, boom. And he'd have shit all over the place from round two to Magnolia Park to fucking, you name it, eBay. He, this guy had hundreds of thousands of dollars in storage and he just was a fucking pack rat and would sell shit, get rid of shit, had thousand plus items on eBay for sale, didn't give a fuck. Helped me incredibly during my, the, all the hobby runs and everything. And now I need to replace them. So if you are serious about that, email the washlord at gmail.com. There is a very, very, very heavy, I'll be honest with you, man. If there's a thousand applicants, I guarantee 950 will get denied in the first day. I guarantee it. There's going to be way too much fucking background check shit that they're not going to be able to pass. Credit check, all that shit. My man had everything. And it's only because, you know, you're going to be around people that are very private as well as me. And, um, you know, you would pay consequences if you were to you know, fuck up. And if that ain't for you, that ain't for you. Ain't all good. I'm an easy person to work for. Not necessarily like, hey, go do this. What the fuck are you doing? If you sitting on your ass and I'm paying you, yeah, I'm going to say something, you know, but that's not likely with people that know what the fuck they're doing. Anyways, going back, my next drop with network are these super high-end, high-definition master dynamic gaming headsets, wireless, fucking fire as a motherfucker. This is a proud collaboration. Master dynamic, like I said, is the Bentley Louis Vuitton of headphones. They are above Sennheiser. They are above Bose. They're above all that shit. And I'm just very proud to get this collaboration. Thank God. Thank you to Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman. I really do appreciate it. Rich Kleiman was on the show. Uh, so was Kevin, but that's like a whole nother story. And um, I just appreciate it. It's just a really amazing collaboration. That's going to be very limited edition. My most limited collab in a long time. Surfboard was ridiculous. I was like, there was, like, what, 17 for sale? Um, another thing too is, don't know how this happened, but a super follower of mine has 10 tailor-made putters. He has my first original tailor-made putter that sold out in six minutes. And um, to be completely honest with you, I own three of them, right? I have the limited edition one, and then I have the regular one, and then I have, I'm sorry, I have two regular ones, and I have the limited edition one that has the diamond in it, the black diamond. I'm actually going to start using it again. Even though I love my mallet and mallets are more forgiving, I got an LA Golf custom shaft put on my tailor-made OG Ben Baller retail sale putter, the gold putter. And I got a Garson grip put on it and it's fucking fire. I love it to death. And now a super follower of mine has 10 of them for sale. He's willing to give them to me for retail. And the only reason why I want them is because I need a gift to call people them. And then I want to sell a few. So if you're interested and you're a BTB Army, and I'm not trying to make any money, I'm just being honest, it's just, this is a huge item. Understand that less than 10 people have had their own putter with TaylorMade. And I think maybe even less than five. But I know Tiger uses Scotty Cameron. In fact, less than five have had their own signature series putter. Right? That's a big fucking deal for you know, the top tier golf company in the world. So if you want a putter, holler at me. It is a fucking amazing putter. It is something to look at and you can hang up. It is just a gorgeous putter and it works. Obviously, it's great. Now, I am on my way shortly to go shoot for my James Oro collab. Out of everything that I do, whether it be a t-shirt or wearing something or fucking a car, whatever the fuck it may be, anything that people see me using or wearing, I cannot think of anything in the world that people hit me up more about than my specs. My eyeglasses and my sunglasses have been a topic of discussion amongst my followers for 10 plus years. And now I have my own James Oro edition eyewear. Sunglasses and eyeglasses, and they're fucking fire. And they're going to be affordable. When I say affordable... There'll be a couple hundred dollars. They ain't going to be no five, six, eight hundred dollars. They're not going to be, they're going to be cool ass price and they're very high quality. 
and they're great specs. I have $800 HD lenses on all my eyewear. You know, everything's prescription. That's why I wear eyeglasses all the time. When people think I'm being a douchebag, I'm not. I'm just wearing sunglasses because I have to, and they're prescription. So be on the lookout for that. James Oro eyewear, that's sunglass and eyeglass. And man, guys, like, you know, I am fucking exhausted. I really am, man. I got some bullshit I got to deal with tomorrow that I do not want to deal with. It's part of life. There are things that I'm ready to do to try to fucking just resolve them peacefully. And um, I'll discuss more about it at a later date. But really, these days, I want to push dope products, design some cool things. Jewelry is just not on my mind that much. Cars are not on my mind that much. And I want to see my kids flourish and I want to play golf. Pretty much in that order. And that's all I really want to do. I want to bring you guys some great content. And I have an amazing fucking show that I'm working on right now. And that would mean that BTB would be one time a week, which is fine because this other show would be amazing. And that would mean that the one BTB episode a week would be at least an hour minimum, probably an hour and a half every week. And then the other show will be full video, full television production with a big celebrity host. And I can honestly say that we would have huge celebrity guests and it'd be the platform for it. And this is something I'm crossing my fingers for. We will begin shooting a pilot very soon. And I can't wait to share it with you guys because there's three guys who are passionate about something and we all share a few things in common. And um, one of them happens to be actually a world champion in professional sports. I'll get more into it later. What else is there? Fuck. I forgot what the fuck I was going to just tell you guys because my mind just slipped for a second. But yeah, I'm really excited about that. I got some other shit that's coming on for the Washlord Invitational. I'm so fucking excited about this. I'm about to spec a one-of-one Rolls-Royce Ghost. I'm probably going to do a Black Series. This is a $440,000 $440, spec car. 2022 or 2023 model. And it's not going to be coming from a dealership. I've spoken to Rolls-Royce North America. They are providing the car for the hole-in-one contest. It's fucking crazy. The people who are now coming forward to be in the Washlord Invitational as some surprise guests are going to blow some minds. If this one guest happens, there will be nobody bigger in the world in golf to me except Tiger Woods. It'd be the biggest thing. And, and to tell you the truth, to a lot of people that I know, he'd be bigger than Tiger Woods to them because just fucking crazy. And the world is such a fucking small place. But I want you guys to have a great weekend. I want you guys to subscribe to this show. I want you guys to know that I love all and each and every one of y'all. And look, stop acting like this is your practice life. I'm the 49-year-old washed-up Asian who went from minimum wage to 50 M's. So let's fucking go, guys. All right? You can make it happen. If I did it, you can do it. All right. Have a great weekend. I'll see you guys back on Monday, y'all. Peace. <laughs>